0: Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Uh, I hope everyone's having a good week thus far. Uh, we're almost there till Friday, for those of you who are counting the days. Uh, some of you probably have already been been able to go back to work, thus now that everything's sort of turning back to normal. Obviously, we have some coronavirus cases around the country, obviously most notably in the state of Florida. Uh, we'll get into that just a bit and how that affects the lightning and possibly the league in just a little bit other topics that we'll be getting to into as well uh the nhl narrowing down the hub cities from 10 to 6 the bolts reopening their facilities uh, on why i think that is a good thing and a bad thing um and also we'll discuss a little bit the nhl hall of fame class so yeah we have a lot to talk about on the show today now we'll start off by discussing the NHL narrowing down the hub cities from ten to six. Um, this ba- was bound to happen sooner or later. Uh, if you've been listening to the show frequently, uh, I mean, you—I cannot stress enough how frustrating it is to been hearing. All right, you know, we're we're making all these advancements. We're we're starting making all this progress in terms of going to have more of a concrete plan uh, in place once play actually begins. But come on, I mean. Technically, training camps are supposed to begin in a couple of weeks. Uh, playoffs start to will start probably maybe three or three two to three weeks pr- afterwards, and we still aren't talking about host cities. Now, the thing is, is we, you know, I think that it's stupid that they're having the the voluntary workouts in their home cities when we're just going to move all these teams unless they are, you know, one of the teams from the host cities we're going to be moving these teams all over the country or all over the continent actually. So I I think they should have just had this figured out from day one and just said, all right, if you want to work out, you go to city A and city B. Now the host cities that are left are Las Vegas, Chicago, Los Angeles, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Now, why does, why is this a big deal? I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big deal, but It's going to be a lot more interesting now, now that a lot of the East Coast cities, I guess. I mean, I think Columbus, Ohio was the only East Coast city. I think maybe Pittsburgh was on that list as well. Uh, I believe also Dallas was on that list. Those were one of the other cities. But, yeah, I mean, I think what the NHL is eventually going to do is it's just going to be put in Canadian cities which would make sense. I mean, I can't really get too mad over it or be that surprised as well. I mean, the NHL is going to want to have this thing as close to, I guess, I mean, their headquarters in a way, I mean, their, their corporate facilities are in New York, but I believe that their other, uh, buildings of operations are in Toronto. I know the replay center is there. I wonder what else is there, but yeah, uh, I'm not surprised if they just pick maybe Toronto and Edmonton. I can't see a scenario in which maybe I believe 12. T- yeah. I can't see a scenario in which 12 teams would be able to do pull off, you know, games in a timely manner in Vegas, Chicago, or Los Angeles. I just don't see it now that I've given it more thought, you know, as much as I want, I thought it made sense to have Chicago and Columbus as two O cities just because they're the closest to each other. Um, because w- then again, you know we have to remember that these teams on the Eastern Western Conference they're going to end up playing each other eventually. I mean, no matter how long these games, these series take to complete. So, I, I thought that would just be the more logical thing to do is to have these cities as close to each other. And those were the two cities that were, I guess, close in terms of distance from each other. So the league wouldn't have to worry about travel or being having the players be exposed as much I mean that would be that would have been the best case scenario just because I think you could technically bust these players to whether they wanted to have it in Chicago or Columbus the Stanley Cup finals I don't I I I would imagine it would probably be Chicago but at the same time I mean very populous you know um but have I you know because I wouldn't make sense to fly these players because then they would be exposed to you know everything that you would be commonly exposed to in an airport especially with a virus that is you know how with how much ease it takes to catch this thing so i mean i guess it would probably if we're thinking from the perspective of the league now i guess it's probably going to be toronto and edmonton um i think that would make the most sense just because out of all those out of all those you know cities that are on the list left other than vancouver those are the te- two cities that are close to each other as well as uh, I would imagine have a lot of facilities available for teams to practice and as well as play games. So, you know, you could have one team practicing and then two other teams play in the actual arena. So, yeah, it would be interesting. Um, I would be disappointed just obviously because the Lightning, you know, a lot of us Lightning fans are on the Eastern on the eastern seaboard. Uh, any Lightning fans that are, are on other parts of the country, whether it's the Midwest or, you know, on the West Coast or wherever the case, wherever you are, Northwest, whatever, the reach out. I would love to hear where you would want these games to be, um, you know, because I think I would, ve- ve- like I said, I, like I was beginning to say, I would be very disappointed if these games take place in Edmonton and Vancouver because then – you know, then the Eastern Conference teams, not only Lightning fans, but Eastern Conference fans are going to have to deal with the time zone. I don't think they're going to do that because um, that's going to turn a lot of fans off. I know a lot of fans are still going to watch the games. I mean, we've been waiting this long. we got to go back and watch the games eventually. But <clears throat> we have to – You know, I think they're going to probably have the Eastern Conference teams in Toronto and then maybe the Western Conference in um, Edmonton or Vancouver – uh, I would just keep it in Canada for the time. You know why? Why make it in Las Vegas or Chicago or Los Angeles and then have the other twelve teams in either Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver? It doesn't make any sense. So we'll just have to wait. Uh, so far, everything the team, the league has done that you know should have been taken care of or would have been the most logical scenario or choice they of course as always as the nhl is some most times than not whether it's a social issue or something of this nature in terms of scheduling they choose to go the other way on it so we'll just have to wait and see what they do but i don't know about you guys and gals i'm just tired of sitting around and waiting i need i need news to drop tomorrow on this because they like i like i've stated numerous times and then I will also get into a little bit when we discuss the whole bolts reopening their facilities um, talk or impending rant that I will have momentarily. Uh, it, it's they should have had this done the minute you know they should have they should have voted on this with the teams you know once they got the whole playoffs bracket scenario down and agreed on before they even announced it, they should have said, okay before we drop this news, let's discuss the host the host city so you know we could finally prep the players and stuff but i mean of course that you know that being the logical decision and smart thing to do of course they didn't do it but i i don't give up on them i <laughs> hopefully they they you know they they prove me wrong when they announce these cities and they do it sooner rather than later i like to take a minute to discuss one of our sponsors and that's built bar bars are 100% covered in chocolate soft and easy to chew 16 amazing flavors uh, a chocolate nut flavors, a chocolate nut free flavors. Um, these things are the best protein bar I've ever had. I hopefully you guys could agree with me and I know you will because there's no other protein bar on the market that will, you know, c- can compete with this, not even cliff bar with their chalky, disgusting taste. And the good thing is that they're also healthy for you. Built bar is great for the health conscious people. You could lose or maintain weight while indulging with this. Uh, the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. Uh, 20 grams of protein So that tells you You know They're super healthy So go to Builtbar.com Use promo code Locked on You get $10 off Your first order So it was announced The Other day I believe Maybe a couple of days ago This is coming out Tonight on The 25th So the Thursday So I believe It was a couple of days ago uh, It was announced That the Bolts Reopened their facilities After five days Due to Three players And several staff members Being tested positive For COVID-19 And those Those All those individuals were asymptomatic. Um, And I find it rather odd after something like that happening that the league, especially during, you know, everything that's happened in the last couple of months, that the league decided to expand the rules now uh, with the, the workouts. So it was originally six players, I believe. So now it's 12, which is very interesting. I mean, just, you know, especially with the Lightning, you know, they should have said, all right, you know, you're in a state that's maybe not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Or maybe let's put it this way they're not, you know, maybe they're a little bit more liberal in the decision choices with this whole pandemic thing uh, than maybe some other states are being right now, which I mean, to each his own. Uh, I believe right now is not the time to maybe uh, take risks with this thing. I mean, there's still a lot we don't know about it. I mean, not just us, the normal human beings, but it seems like some of the quote unquote healthcare professionals that you would see on TV uh, don't know because I mean it seems like every day we get a different kind of way someone could catch it so I would feel like the best decision that the league should have done I mean I mean, you can't hold everyone in the league accountable for what's going on in Florida can't treat every team the same way um, the lightning like I've said on the past episodes I hope this is just the kind of like a like a one-time thing um, in terms of, you know, a lot of players testing positive. Uh, I'm not the least surprised though, just because um, I figured, you know, in any sport, whether it was hockey, basketball, baseball, football, whatever the case may be, with everything coming back, it was bound to happen uh, with players and staff members catching the virus. So it was bound to happen. Obviously I do not wish this upon anyone. Uh, If you know anyone or you know, just have read online and seen the last couple of months what this thing could do. It's yeah, it's not something you want to you want to have. But yeah, so um, I I I just think that maybe they should have told the Lightning, hey guys, maybe move to Nashville until we figure out this whole thing. Um, I, on the other hand, should have thought maybe the NHL should have had their their act together and should have just had the host cities ready to go and had players and. You know, teams just uh, move all their operations there for the remainder of the playoffs until you know play is uh, ended with the play Stanley Cup Finals. But I mean, who am I to to you know to make those decisions? But I think it's just the most logical thing. It's I think, and I'm gonna say this probably on every episode going forward until maybe the playoffs start or whatever the case may be, until we get past this whole thing with the maybe I think probably once the host, you know, I'll make a pledge to you guys. It. Until they make the announcement, which I don't really see anytime soon. I'm hoping that they make the announcement for the Hub Cities. Until they make the announcement, I am going to bash the NHL, unfortunately, um, for not doing this sooner. Because, you know what? It's plain and simple. Uh, they, they're endangering players' health by doing this. Uh, there was a statement today by artemi panarin from the new york rangers and i'm sure a lot of hockey fans are maybe split on this on how he feels he feels like that the nhl doesn't have their act together in terms of uh, the the safety precautions that they are taking for the playoffs players and i feel the same way Um, as much as i want to see hockey hockey back uh, and i want to see games happening at what cost i mean You know, it's one thing when you see it happening with another team. I think some players from Ottawa had it uh, early on in this pandemic. I believe there was... I don't think there was any other players in the NHL. Um, I want to say Philly, but I think that was baseball. But, yeah, it's different when you see other players on other franchises. But when it happens to players on your own team, you know, I'm not saying we're not caring any less about the health of other players, other human beings here. But... Uh, I'm sure you know what I'm saying that when I say that it hits a little differently when you read it on your phone or on your computer or you read it wherever you you find your sports news. it hits you a little different and a little bit maybe a little bit closer to home when you open up your, your whatever like I said whatever it's your phone or your notifications and you and you see the notifications and it's you get the headline especially for me I felt this way uh several three players as well as several players from. You know, some of the some of the staff uh, got the virus. Now, granted, yeah, they are asymptomatic, and that's wonderful. Um, and if you don't know what that means, that means obviously they're they tested positive for the virus, um, but they don't really have any other symptoms other than maybe a low grade fever. But I I think the NHL kind of dropped the ball on this one, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me. I just think that they should have done a lot better. I mean, they'll ML- the MLB did a good job. They wanted to move their operations to whether, you know, uh granted there was some other cases, some teams will be allowed to practice or start quote unquote spring training in their own cities and then I guess they'll move to designated areas. I don't really know what's going on MLB. They're still, you know, early phases of releasing um information on that. I think they are more concerned about just the green on stuff. Uh Obviously, if you want to hear more about that stuff, go to your – design, whatever team you were for, especially if it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I know they've been talking about that on Locked on Rays, so go to that. Uh, definitely a lot of content for you Rays fans out there. Um, and then, obviously, for you uh, unfortunate Marlins fans that may live in the Tampa area, obviously uh, go to that as well. Lot A lot of good news on that. But, yeah, um, I know the NBA, they're going to be doing, I believe, workouts and stuff. In Orlando at Disney, which, yeah, I mean, like I've said numerous times throughout this whole process, that if you're going to look at one, if there's going to be one league that the NHL should aspire to be like in terms of just plainly having their act together, that's the NBA. And if Gary Bettman wants to be, I guess, I, I don't know if he if there's any way at this point just because of maybe some of the unpopular choices he's made I, if he want to kind of maybe earn some respect from the fans, I mean, just look to what Adam Silver is doing in the NBA. Maybe kind of do some things like that. Kind of be more mindful. Um, and I think that maybe hopefully Commissioner Bill Daly is uh, helping him out on that front. I'm sure he is. That's his job, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I think that the league should have done things a lot differently. Uh, I think, like I said, they should have done basically what the NBA did. Figure out where you're going to play whether it's one city or two now the nba was fortunate enough that um basketball courts are very accessible in the orlando area and then just happened to have disney there kind of made things easier so you have all the hotels and stuff to you know um to kind of uh help the players out in terms of lodging them but uh i don't i i don't know the situation in terms of hotels in any of these cities i'm sure i know los angeles vegas of course i mean that would be a cool scenario wouldn't it if the city if the the league would have games in los angeles i don't know the whole arena situation there i know obviously there's the vegas golden knights arena there but imagine the players playing in certain facilities and then staying at like caesar's palace that'd be kind of cool see some of the maybe the Instagram stories or some of the content some of the players will be pulling out for that um, if they had like the East Coast team there, imagine how awesome Alcornns social media presence would be especially if they stayed at Caesar's Palace um, I kind of you know now that I say that out loud I kind of hope that Las Vegas is maybe the East Coast city and maybe the West Coast city could be like Vancouver or something. I would gladly take the time difference. Um, as kind of like a con if it meant having Alex Colorn social media, maybe kind of having a doc talk um, segment. Uh, I believe that's where the gondolas. There's like a gondola area. Um, I think it's near Caesars. I've never been to Vegas before. If any of you people uh, out there listening to this have listened to this, uh, have been to Vegas before, let me know what I'm talking about, but I believe there's like a gondola area where you could ride like you know if you don't know what a gondola is like those boats you see people uh riding around in taking rides in in venice and i know there's kind of like a similar thing going on in vegas as well near one of the hotels but that would be cool to have if he had like a doc talk kind of like post game interview thing with some of his teammates afterwards that'd be kind of cool especially if maybe they had to Stanley like a finals in vegas and then the team who wins that could just go out in vegas it'd be pretty cool to see that but yeah Uh, I guess in summation of what I was really trying to get at, what I started at, uh, yeah, the league failed the lightning, plain and simple. Um, I think they should have done things better. I think the lightning also should have maybe, I mean, I know you want to get players in shape, but is it really smart, especially what's going on in in Florida with a lot of people catching the virus? Is it really smart to maybe wait five days, just five days? after everything going on um, to reopen, especially when Friday, when they announced that the players tested positive, that state of Florida reported uh, 3,800 new new cases for COVID-19. I I just, the timing doesn't look right, especially with the league announcing uh, that they're going to expand the amount of players allowed on the ice at once. I mean, that's especially in the Tampa area, unless the lightning, personnel which I'm pretty sure they do I have all the confidence in the world in these people um, if they have things locked down sanitized ready to go then I'm I'm confident I'll be fine with that but I just hope we don't hear any more positive cases and I think that maybe they kind of had like their relapse case I guess the league did in a way this is kind of like their gimme for coming back to play and hopefully that's the last we hear of it but like I said, I mean it's not like these players are having really bad symptoms, they're asymptomatic. They, uh, we're not really worried about it. They should be good in an- another week or so to to get back on the ice so cross your fingers everybody. Um, yeah, so I don't know, it's just I it's just it was just a bad timing for all the wrong pieces of the puzzle to come together. but yeah, uh, we'll just have to wait and I hopefully we don't have to stress anymore about. Possible Lightning players, especially, getting coronavirus, uh, hopefully within the next week or two. Hopefully hopefully tomorrow, when I put out uh, the third episode of the week, that we'll get some sort of announcement, especially now that they announced that they narrowed the cities down. Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the toll of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. So I like to end this show today uh, discussing very briefly because it doesn't really involve any Lightning players, but I would like to give a shout-out to two players that were in the NHL Hall of Fame class that they announced, uh, I believe, yesterday uh, that I very much enjoyed watching during their time in the league, and that was Jerome McGinley and Marion Hosa. Now, these guys were absolute... I, I mean, <laughs> they were absolute titans when they played, especially Jerome McGinley. The guy was so much fun to watch. Um, the Lightning did have their... <laughs> You know, it was one of those things when the Lightning did play the Flames in the Stanley Cup Finals. One of my favorite memories about Jerome McGinla, and just you know, that's why I laughed when I said Jerome McGinla because it's just one of those classic, uh, classic moments that you know you, you definitely won't see in today's hockey, um, in today's NHL. And that was Game Three of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. Now, please, uh, if you if you've if you know what I'm talking about, pause. Tweet to us uh, at LO underscore Lightning on Twitter. I would love to hear all your favorite memories about when this happened. So, Game 3, Stanley Cup Finals 2004, Lightning and Calgary Flames. Uh, Jerome McGinley, I don't remember what happened leading up to it. I just remember when the gloves dropped. Uh, Jerome McGinley went toe-to-toe with Vincent LeCavier in one of the best fights. You know, it's not very often you see two big names fighting each other. It's not very often you see a big-name player uh, fighting. So when you see two big names playing uh, fighting each other, it's it's a very special thing, especially on one of the biggest stages in the National Hockey League, and that's the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, uh, back on my rewatch segment that I had, I believe it was back in March. Uh, go back if you haven't listened to it. Uh, I had a great time uh, discussing and recapping every game of that series. Uh, I was going through all the emotions of rewatching that as I did when I first watched it. Uh, it was, it was an absolutely incredible finals. Uh, one of the, it was just, and that fight, yeah, was just insane. Um, I believe if I had to pick a winner, unfortunately it would be Aginla, um, if, if memory serves right, but yeah, that was just an absolute incredible s- series. Uh, and you could hear it in my voice when I discuss it back, uh, back on that segment that Jerome Aginla was just a pain in the butt for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um he was just one of those guys. There was a goal, I believe it was game six, where it looked like from his body language and the way he snapped the puck, he was he was on the break. He just got past the blue line into the attacking zone. And he just snapped one with like zero to, little to zero effort past Kobe Pool and on like the weirdest angle to where you wouldn't even think that it would have, you know, made it from that angle. But guess what? You know Aginla, that's why he's a great player because he was able to make a shot like that. But it's very rare that you see a player who could score goals the way he did. I believe he had over 500 goals as well or close to 500 goals as well as you know Mer- Marion Hosa did as well. Marion Hosa was a great player. He had three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. But right now we're talking about Jerome McGinley. Jerome McGinley was... He was one of those players. He was such a fun player. Um, obviously the game is played such a different way today. You're not going to see as many players who could score at such a high volume as he did, as well as fight at such a high volume as he did. Um, and obviously all the other other great moments that he had, uh, playing on Team Canada, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, it was just a shame. He was such a fun player to watch, but it, and it was just such a shame that he never got to win a cup. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, that's the game of hockey. Some of the best players in the league never win cups. Uh, you know, we thought that for a while with Alex Ovechkin, and look at him now. But, yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, one of the great players that comes to mind that doesn't have a cup yet, the captain, Steven Stamkos. So, hopefully, he gets his first, first cup. Hopefully, it's this year. Hopefully, in maybe a month and a half, we'll be celebrating Stamkos' first cup. Uh, Kucherov, Vazileski. Um yeah, but you can't measure greatness by cups. You know, that's I think hockey's the one sport where you could get away with that. I think every other sport they kind of really dive into the whole championship talk. You know, that's kind of the thing that gets you over the hump into the Hall of Fame. Now, obviously, Marion Hosa, another great player. He was just, you know, everybody talks about those Blackhawks team. You think of uh, Corey Crawford, Duncan Keith, um, Jonathan Taves, and Patrick Kane, especially Kane. Um, as well as uh, Patrick sharp I believe Patrick sharp was on two of those teams but anyway not a lot of credit is given to Marion Hosa just how great of a player he was um, I believe he was on Pittsburgh too he was on a couple of other teams I believe uh, yeah Marion Hosa was just another player who was just absolutely incredible he was just one of those guys where you know he I believe he didn't get enough credit for what he did I mean he wasn't a big name guy but that's just what happens when you play around some of the bigger names in hockey just like you know when you're playing around like the Crosbys and the Ovechkins and uh you know all those other names that come to mind you we could sit here all day and talk about all the other uh names that come to mind uh before Mary, maybe Marion Hossa's when you discuss some of the uh, best players in the 2000s and late 90s so yeah I mean congratulations not only to those guys but all the other members of the Hall of Fame class and hopefully Maybe in I would say maybe 10 years, I guess that's good enough time frame. Maybe we'll see a lightning player, hopefully maybe sooner. We'll see a lightning player going. Uh, maybe not necessarily a player that played his whole career for the lightning, but maybe someone that had uh, you know, a cup of coffee or played a you know a couple seasons with the team. So we'll just have to wait and see. And yeah, um, all these guys were very well deserving. I know uh, there was some discussion over, I believe Kevin Lowe. There was some, I believe Twitter, there was a little bit of a uh, discussion on whether or not he truly deserved it. I mean, he was on a bunch of Stanley Cup teams with those legendary Edmonton Oilers teams. But, I mean, he's in, he's in. There's no, there's no way you could take him out now. But, yeah, that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you later.